As you join us today, I want to just take a few moments to say thank you for your continued support and prayers for our ministry. Over the last couple of weeks, you've been able to see some of the faces and people that make up Family of Grace. I want to continue to ask you to pray for us as Family of Grace strives to break through cultural, ethnic, and social barriers to help all people become everything that God has intended for them to be. The Bible says, unless a Lord builds a house, they labor in vain that build it. Today, I hope this message will speak to your heart directly about what God is doing in your life. If you have your Bible this morning, if you'll take it and turn with me to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. <clears throat> We're going to be looking at verse 19 through 22. Verses 19 through 22. But while you're turning there, we go back and we, we see verse 19 talks about therefore, so then, because of these things. The Bible says in verse 13, but now in Christ, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus, the Messiah, for he is our peace, who made both groups one and tore down the veil, the dividing wall of hostility. In the flesh, he did away with the law of commandment, regulations, so that he might create in himself one new man from the two resulting in peace. Now he took two enemies, brought them together, removed the hostility, and began to present a new pathway forward. Now look with me, if you will, a little bit further. <clears throat> he did this so that he might reconcile both to God, well, this is deep theology here, that he might reconcile enemies he might reconcile back to God in one body through the cross and put the hostility to death by it when Christ came he proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near now here it gets really interesting for through him we have access by one spirit how do you have access? By one spirit, by the finished work of Calvary. To the Father. Now here's where we really get down to the nitty gritty. So then you are no longer foreigners. You're no longer a stranger. But fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. The temple of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, with Christ Jesus himself being the one that the whole building is fitted together in him, growing into a holy sanctuary in the Lord, in whom you are built together for God's dwelling Spirit. All right. This is going to be fun this morning. The peace treaty of Calvary is what took place. They signed a, Christ signed a peace treaty on Calvary. And he took us as enemies and said, now you can become a son of God. 
when you repent of your sins, when you accept the finished work of Calvary, not when you pray some Mickey Mouse prayer, some easy believism, but when you embrace lordship, when you say it is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. Now, if you have your blueprint there this morning, what does that have to do with us? Well, Jesus jumped into some construction jargon in this passage of scripture you hold your blueprint we've gone through the vision we've gone through counting the cost we've laid the foundation last week we installed the plumbing well that was interesting this week we're going to raise the wall this week is when it begins to take on its own shape, its own character. It begins to develop its own identity. The distinguishing trademarks of the building. As you look up here and you see this blueprint, that's on stage, you, you're looking at the inside. That's all we've looked at so far is the inside. But on your blueprints that you're holding this morning, it looks a little bit different. It's an outside shot of the walls that we're about to erect. Because the thing that I want you to understand is that to build a building, to build a house, we have all this material behind me. But these boards that are on these sawhorses here, they are not a house inside themselves. You have to have the foundation. Now, when, when Paul is writing this to the church of Ephesus, he says, I've written to those who, by the, it was given to you by Christ, by the, by the prophets, by the apostles, and was built upon Christ as the chief cornerstone in whom the builders rejected. I've tried my best to understand a cornerstone because it's just not really relevant anymore in our society number one we live in what we call flat land can i get a witness and so there's not a whole lot of stones for you to find but i saw this picture when we were when we went off the side of the mountain in peru and began to they began to dig down with a pick in these rocks and pull the rocks out and build a wall out of them for the first time i really got a picture of a cornerstone, and it just really brought tears to my eyes. Let me show you this picture of what we're doing there in Peru. It's so interesting. If you look at this picture, we just went off the side of the mountain and began to build this foundation. But if you look very carefully, it's a bunch of little bitty rocks. But on that one corner where they started, they took this massive stone, that they put there by hand, matter of fact. They moved that, do you see that one stone that just jumps out at you? Isn't that just breathtaking? Maybe not for you, but I've been trying for years to really get my mind around the cornerstone. And they placed that stone first. That stone was there. I went there, we did a groundbreaking uh, uh, opportunity and, and, and service there. When we were there just a few moments after they had started, a couple of hours they had been working, that stone 
was in place. And everything else began to be fitted together. Do you see how all those rocks are fitted together? Now, there's no smooth lines. You know, when we build here, we have, we have the great lines, the brick lines. And, I mean, it's just all fitted together wonderfully. But do you realize all of those rocks you see came out of the earth? It was what was there, and they began to just lay one rock after the other. They began to fit it together. Now, in this passage of Scripture, it says that we are building a temple for God. Isn't that what the last thing I said? That we would become the holy sanctuary that becomes the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Say amen. Now, here's the thing. Hey, Jesus would be the chief cornerstone that it is all built upon. I'm telling you today that there has to be the cornerstone. There has to be the place that everything ties together within itself. See, those are no longer individual rocks. But they're all part of a wall. Matter of fact, I should have got this picture. But now you can't even hardly tell there were, were rocks there because they took sand and, and, and mortar and they mixed it all together and they, and they made a stucco front. And so if you didn't know what was in there, it has this finish around the edge of it. But all these individual pieces came together to make one big wall. And I'm telling you, that's how it is with the body of Christ. That you are no longer an individual. Do you understand what the verse started out by saying? That you were enemies. You couldn't stand each other. There was hostility between God and man because of sin. Now, contrary to what the world's saying today, contrary to what preachers are saying today, contrary to what the Supreme Court is saying, I am telling you today, if the authority of the word of God does not endorse sin and celebrates it. Amen. Now, if I had to amen myself, oh, we're going to be here a while. But he doesn't. It, he does not. Regardless of what's happening in the world around us, God says you don't have to. You, you no longer have to be an individual. You no longer have to be far off because but. Because of my blood, I have brought you near. And he took weird pieces and joined them together. Let me show you a couple of other pictures about this. When you look at lumber, you think, how in the world does that lumber become the blueprint that you're holding? I mean, it's not just a bunch of sticks up there. Look at the angles on that roof that you're holding in your hand. Look at the different pitches and valleys. Do you know nothing in a house is of any value for the purpose that it was created unless it is joined together? Unless that window is saying, I'm no longer willing to be an individual, but I'm willing to be part of the bigger plan. I'm no longer willing to just be a little two by four by myself, but I'm willing to be part of a bigger plan. Now, I'm going to tell you today what God is wanting us to do is to realize that we are no longer individuals. You are no longer a one-man army, but you have been brought together by the blood of Jesus Christ, and He wants to no longer allow us to be individuals, but to fit us together. A master craftsman can come together 
and begin to fit things together. Like that picture that we just showed you on the screen. He takes a board that is straight. You hope. It's hard to find a straight one anymore. But you take a, a board that is straight and, and you begin to carve into it. And when you carve into those boards, they begin to fit together. You notch them together. If they, when they come together, they may be unified. When you look at that, it's taking the pieces where they are and connecting the pieces together to bring forth a home, the home that you hold in your hand. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Now, the problem is that God says, I don't want you to be out there by yourself. I want you to come together and let your life be the temple of the Holy Spirit, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, because I gave you access. And then number two, he's saying, I don't want you to be a one-man temple out there. It's bigger than you being a single two-by-four. Now, I know, I know people have a lot of reasons why they don't go to church anymore. I mean, church has been mean to them. They kicked them when they were down and all of this. But I'm telling you that God gave you a mandate that you wouldn't stay out there and be a single two-by-four, but you would come together and allow the Master, Jesus Christ, to begin to carve out the spiritual giftedness in your life and fitting you together in the body of Christ. Let me show you this next picture. There's a lot that goes into building a home. It's interesting. I mean, when you look at that, there's trusses, there's reducing trusses, supported trusses, gritter trust I, I mean is anybody with me i mean there's a lot to that you don't just take any old boards and prop them up and say wow we've got this wonderful house no you have to have a blueprint you have to have the plan you have to measure you have to cut you have to place it strategically where it's been designed to be placed i'm telling you today that god has placed you inside the body of christ and you would be the temple of god and that you would fit into the kingdom of god not out there just as your own thing doing whatever you wanted to but that you would come together and be part of a greater plan that god is wanting to do with your life let me show you this next picture if we are willing to no longer be individuals, then we can come together and build a wonderful project. Now, I know I could go off into Corinthians and, and really dive off into, I mean, we're, if you, we're, I mean, the hand, the foot, we're all members of one body, but that's not where I want to go right now. I just want you to know that with the finished work of Calvary, number one, you're no longer an enemy. You're no, you lose your uh, individual identity. You know that's why most people don't want to be baptized. They really don't want to make a public display of them becoming identified with the body of Christ. It's a public declaration saying, I am publicly declaring, I am obeying what Jesus told me to do. I am following through with that. I am publicly identifying that I am no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. My friends, uh, if you're unwilling to come out, if you're unwilling to come in and be part of the bigger picture, your life's going to be pretty boring as a believer. If you're unwilling to allow the master to take you and fit you together, you must understand that we are no longer individuals. We have been placed together. And then the third thing is that we have been attached to the firm foundation. 
there's this one particular gun that we have. Uh, it's, it's really cool. You put these nails in it, and it's got 22 bullets kind of that's made for that gun that goes in there. And you push it, and it shoots, man. It shoots these nails through the board into the firm foundation. It, it, it powers these nails through the wood. I mean, I should have brought that gun, huh? And it powers it through the foundation and attaches it so that you can get the end result of everything being formed together, everything being fitted together for God's purpose, God's plan for your life. I'm telling you today that that's what Jesus Christ did for us. He became the chief cornerstone by having the nails pierced through his hand, driven into the cross of Calvary, that he might become the chief cornerstone that holds everything together. See, when you're building a house, a lot of times they'll put a whole wall together on the ground. And they'll stand it up. And they'll stand several pieces up together. And they'll put these temporary support boards running across them to hold it together while you're getting everything plumbed up so it fits together properly. But at some point, you've got to either shoot through the concrete or drill down with anchor bolts and attach it to a firm foundation. See, a lot of us, we, a lot of us don't want to make the commitment of being attached to the firm foundation of Jesus Christ being the cornerstone. We want to live our spiritual life with just these temporary boards holding us in place. So when the winds of life begin to blow, we begin to rock and roll. And, and all of a sudden there's nothing to hold us and have us attached down. But I want you to know something. That we need to get to the place in our life where we're willing to say, God, drive me to the rock. Anchor me to the rock. That I will be securely attached. That sink, swim, live or die. I'm going down with a rock all the day you have to be attached to the firm foundation why well the answer is in your hand so that you can those boards have to be attached to a firm foundation they have to be carved up and fitted the Bible says it right there. You have been fitted together. You see it there? Let me show you. I think I'm making this up. I mean, look. Built on the foundation of Christ, the solid rock. The whole building being fitted together. I, I wanted to put that as my point, but I just didn't think that was really, really smooth English. That we'd be fitted together. It's what it means. You're fitted, to, fitted together. Fitted together. Fitted together. The coolest thing about a construction zone is when you go over there and you realize that there are no longer long straight boards, but there's just little piles of pieces. And you know where all those little pieces come from? They come from the ends of the boards where they've been notched together by the master craftsman to fit them together so that the house can bring forth its glory i'm telling you today my brothers and sisters in christ here is the blueprint for your life 
that God doesn't want you laying out there as a, like a pile of lumber somewhere with no value. The, the board, whoo, oh, Pastor Al, I'm telling you, the board has no value till it's been cut upon. The board has no value till it's been nailed up through. The board has no value till it's been attached, fitted together for the glory of God, for the glory of the house. And can I tell you that I have no value until the master has begun to carve out of me my secret places that I don't want to let go. He has to carve out and nudge me together so that I can be propped together for the glory of God I'm telling you today he had to cut me in such a way he had to cut Pastor Ralph in such a way so that out of the two of us he could come up with one preacher I'm telling you because everything I'm not he is and everything he's not I am now, boy that's a scary thing isn't it But together, because we were willing. Can I share your testimony? Because over 10 years ago, he sat in my office and he said, you know what? After years of being a pastor, I know God's called me to be a pastor, but not the pastor. I realize that my vision, my place as a pastor is not at the tip of the spear, but it's behind the tip, supporting Fitting together all the stuff that we could cut up. You see, the master craftsman has a way with a skill saw. That he can do more with a skill saw. A, a real carpenter can do more with a skill saw free-handed than most people can with any other tool. He's just sitting there. He's the cut man. He sits there and he cuts and he cuts and he cuts and he hands it up. He hands it to the next person up on the ladder and says, attach this. It's been cut. It's been fitted together. No matter what it may be, it's fitted together so that it can bring forth the glory of the project. Somebody has to be the cut man. Somebody has to be the attacher. Somebody has to be the visionary. And so somehow together years ago, we came together and we realized that uh, everything that I'm weak in, he's strong. And so if we are allow ourselves to be fitted together, we can make a difference for the glory of God. I don't remember how many years ago, but he was asking me about a certain church. And uh, I was talking about him being the pastor of it. And I said, well, that's good. As long as that church is willing to allow you to hire somebody to do the stuff that you're not good at. And vice versa. See, the problem is we want to just put any old piece, any old wear. And it, it, it has to be precise. When they're cutting rafters and putting them together, do you realize they, they mark a pattern and you have to use the same board every time because if not, if it just gets off a sixteenth and then you pass that one up and you mark, you cut off the next one, it gets off and it's off and it's off and before long, the whole thing is out of, as out of kilter. It's out of joint. And I'm telling you what Jesus Christ did for us. Man was he took everything that was out of joint, that was lame and dislocated, and he began to reset it in its proper place. Did you know my elbow doesn't fit in my hip joint? I mean, my knee joint. They're made for one place in the body. And today, God has created you 
he's been trying to carve up on your spiritual life, your physical life, so that you will quit being misfitted. But you will fit perfectly. Now, I'm not just talking about your spiritual life. If I had a little more time, I could preach another 30 minutes on how in your physical life, your professional life, if you're trying to fit where you don't belong, nobody wants to buy that house. A lot of you are struggling, you're depressed, you're oppressed because you hate your job. It's because God may have strategically crafted your life to be the rafter. And you're trying to be a base plate. Get to where he has crafted you to be. Bloom where you're planted. The good news is, he has carved out for you to fit somewhere perfect in this secular world for your occupation. The good news is, he's carved out a strategic place for you to fit in your church. In the spiritual body. As a church body and then as a dwelling place for his temple. The bad news is. He's carved out a place for you to fit strategically in your physical life. The bad news is he's carved out a place for you to fit strategically in his body. The bad news is he's. Listen and then just quit kicking against it. It's never going to work out. Get to the place where he crafted you to be. Where he fitted you together to be. If I had a window here, it would have no value unless it was placed in the proper opening that it was crafted to fit in. Now, we have, we have window frames in our house and air decoration and all that stuff. Pinterest, God love us, man. We got stuff pinned up all they're fitted, but but that's not the purpose. Somebody may walk by and say, wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool, but it's not the reason that window was created. And we could go through every item in the house. The toilet. I mean, you know you're in a redneck neighborhood when the toilet is the flower, flower planter's. God love our brothers. But that's not the purpose it was created for. I could go over every item in a house and tell you where they're using it somewhere else. But if it's, if it's not fulfilling its purpose, then it's just another ornament. Don't you leave here being no ornament. You got too many ornaments. God didn't create you to stand there and look pretty. He created you to function in the role and area that he's gifted you for. As we've gone through this sermon this morning, it was the practical steps in realizing how building a house is very parallel to your life as a believer and how God is working and moving in your heart and your life directly. At Family of Grace, if we could help you in that journey, it would be our greatest joy and honor to help you become all that God's intended for you to be, please let us know. Reach out to us. Let us know what God's doing in your life. Share your stories of victory. And uh, also, if we can pray for you in any way, please 
reach out to us. It'd be our greatest honor. Hope you have a blessed week till we see you again.